Good morning. This is Deacon Mary and welcome to our last and final catechesis on Catechesis for Coronatide, the Common Rule. Today we're going to be talking about fasting, which is probably one of the most difficult practices to practice and maybe also one of the most confusing because we often don't understand why we fast. So we're just going to turn right away to Justin Early's video on this topic because I think he does a really great job of explaining why. And then we'll return and we will talk about how this applies to our topic of applying habits for coronatide. This episode, we're gonna be talking about the third weekly habit, which is the habit of fasting. What we're gonna find is that restraint uniquely opens us up to feast on the real food of life, and that is God himself. The danger we're gonna see is that we live in an age of plenty, and it's uniquely possible to convince ourselves that maybe after all, we can live by bread alone. Here's the reality. We live in a land full of sugar, sex, food, booze, and whatever else you want to try to numb the pain of life. Which is to say that if you live in the culture that I do, you are culturally predisposed to try to eat, drink, or sleep away your pain. And the danger of this kind of living, which is totally normal, is that it numbs us. It numbs us to everything, to who we are, to who God is, to the fact that there is terrible and constant suffering in the world, and to the fact that there is nonetheless persistent and stunning beauty in the world. So to cultivate the practice of fasting as a habit is actually to have our eyes and our hearts opened up to all of this, the good and the bad. And it's important to dwell on the suffering part for a moment, because in a real way to fast is to suffer. And fasting is thus a way of resensitizing our hearts to the serious reality that we live in a world that suffers. Part of the beauty of fasting, the terrible beauty of it, is we remember that. We remember that there are children in our cities who don't eat. There are millions of refugees in our world that are stuck in inexpressible hells. We remember that there are co-workers in the offices next to us fighting life and death battles with depression. So to cultivate a life of rhythmic fasting is to reject the terrible fairy tale that everything is fine and to actually enter into suffering with Christ and remember how much we long and how much our neighbors long for Christ to redeem all things. The fact is when we live in this lie that everything's fine, we're tempted to believe the lie that we don't need a savior. And that is why this practice of fasting is so important. It reminds us of our actual deepest need, our truest need. Here's how this looks in my life. When I'm in my best rhythms, I make Thursday a fast day. And sometimes it's from food, sometimes it's from coffee, sometimes it's from wine. But inevitably, first thing in the day when I wake up and I remember, oh, I'm fasting today, I immediately begin to experience this low-grade anger. And as the day progresses, I get to the point where I might have a meal or a cup of coffee or whatever, and I have to skip it. And I get annoyed. And then the hunger or the headache sets in and my body begins to get angry. And I just, play, I just get plain depressed. And I, this is why. Because I actually am a sad, angry, frustrated, impatient person who medicates with food and drink. And that, that is the first point of the practice of fasting. You see who you really are. But then what happens is you come out of fasting the next day. Maybe you have that cup of coffee or that food. And you know what? It's actually not all that satisfying. It's not as what you remember. 
It doesn't fill the shape of the hole that you were trying to fill. And in this rhythm of doing this on and off and regularly, you begin to realize the most fundamental truth about yourself and the world. It's that nothing but the love of God can fill the pain of our emptiness. Which is why I say that to live without fasting is to live without knowing who you truly are. Fasting reveals the inner need that only God can fill. And that's the point, to expose the reality of our inner need and see that only Jesus can fill that. So that's the idea behind the weekly habit of fasting. As always, here's your fact to ponder, your question to discuss, and your habit to practice. Fact to ponder. There's a surge of modern research about the health benefits of fasting, but way more important than that is this. In Jesus' main teaching on fasting, he begins with the sentence, when you fast. Really important to note that Jesus assumes something about his followers in fasting. Question to discuss. If you were going to fast from something this week, what would it be and why? And finally, does it scare you? Here's your habit to practice this week. I want you to try a 24-hour fast from something. If you're not ready for food or if your health is not in the right place for that, don't worry. Try sugar, try social media, try anything. But pick something that you're going to miss and then lean into that lack and see how you meet Christ there. A lot to consider there. In his book, Early discusses this concept of fasting away our emptiness. And this is an interesting reversal of the way we usually think about fasting. We think about fasting as emptying ourselves. But Early says, no, we have already been emptied by our excess. Our excess numbs us. And this pretty much hits it on the nail. Because in Coronatide, we have all been looking for ways to numb the fear and numb the loneliness and isolation of quarantine. And too often those ways center around food, social media, endless video or sports watching. And all of these activities are fine in themselves, but to excess, they prevent us from reaching into reality. And that reality is our life in God and God's presence. Early maintains that when we open up a space for God through fasting, we will rediscover our needs and the beauty of his presence. So when Early suggests fasting from something, anything, I would invite all of us to consider what it is that numbs us and perhaps choose to fast from that, which actually might be a whole lot more effective than merely fasting from food. And so as I bring this video series to a close, this catechesis sessions of this fall, I'd like to take a few moments and reconsider why a rule of life and why are we talking about this now? So early for early, a rule of life is taking small patterns of love and organizing them around a bigger goal, love of God and neighbor. It's going to be a long dark winter of quarantine and now more than ever, we need God and we need to find the patterns and practices that will bring us closer to God. So it's not about being perfect. It's not about being successful. It's really just about trying 
And when we fail, falling into the arms of God. It's understanding that is the little things that we do every day that shape us and fill up, fill us. It's about living a life of self-examination because if you are what you love and your ultimate loves are formed and aimed by your immersion in your practices and cultural rituals, then such practices fundamentally shape what you are. So what I might choose as practices might be very different from what you might choose. And this isn't that we're all going to have exactly the same routines in life. So this is what early gives us for coronatide. And don't look at these as a to-do list. These are simply guideposts or even categories around which you might consider organizing your life. Guideposts to remind ourselves to not forget what is truly important, deepening our relationship with God and each other, and to consider each day how that might happen. Because how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. Thank you for joining these catechesis sessions this fall. And as we enter into the Advent season, the season we celebrate the incarnation of our Lord, my prayer for all of us is this. I pray that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened in order that we may know the hope to which he has called us and the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Amen.